Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Whoopi. As The View celebrates its 25th season, we're continuing our special podcast series. Today, Sarah Haynes talks to Abby Huntsman. Here's Sarah. Abby Huntsman joined the show in season 22 and was our 22nd co-host. Now, we never got a chance to work together, but we do have a lot in common. Today, we talk about why she came to The View, our experiences being pregnant and welcoming our little ones while on the show, and how being a co-host helped her find her confidence. Here's our conversation. Hello! I am so excited to talk to you. How many times, Abby, have I heard, if you guys had been here together, you would have been best friends? Well, I would just laugh because I'm like, when you're with you interviewing me, we've we've never actually done the show at the same time. Never. I think we had you on as a guest once with Michael, but that was it. Well, I'm coming on the 19th, so you better be there. (gasps) Yes. I know, right? Oh, that's exciting. It'll be great to have you. How are the babies? Yours are so cute. As you know, it's just, it's your whole world. It It is. It's, but it's also like exhausting. Exhausting is the best word. You know, I, I'm so blessed because they're my entire world. And it's funny because I, you know, when I first joined the show, I didn't even have these little twins. I know. So life changes, you know, like going through television, like people live it with you. But wait, wait were you a fan of The View before you became a co-host? Weren't we all? I mean, you know, I was. I mean, I mean like I say, anyone that is has any job in television. I started at ABC. A lot of people don't realize, but I started as an intern at Good Morning America. And then I worked the overnight shift. Oh, brutal. In DC for this week, copying scripts. And then I moved back to New York and I would book cars for Good Morning America for a year. And I was an assistant booker. Uh, And it was, I learned a lot in that job, but I love television. I didn't care what I was doing in it. I just wanted to learn about it. And I loved ABC and I was so happy to be there. And I ended up leaving the booking job and going into PR for a little bit because I got married and the booking job is is for certain people. Yes, it's um, a brutal lifestyle. They're some of the most talented among us. But so anyone that's had a love for television and tells themselves that they didn't dream about being on a show like The View, they'd be lying to themselves. It's like being in comedy and, and not thinking about SNL. Yes, yes. Right? I mean, of course. So when you get that call, I mean, I never thought I would get the actual call to do it. But then when you do, it's like you in that moment, you don't even think for it. It's like, well, yeah. Okay. Do you remember getting that call? I do remember it, actually. I remember it well. And I was in a place in my life. I was hosting the morning show at Fox. And... I just had a baby and those, as you know, Sarah, those morning hours are so grueling and they just eat you alive. And I'd done it for a a few years at that point and you're just drained all the time. And so I was really excited, one, to just have a schedule that was a little bit more manageable as a mom, but then two, it's like, it's the view. Like, of course you say yes. And you don't really think much more about anything else. And then life changes very quickly. Well, one question I have for you is, Coming from the family you come from, 
when you talk about the TV world, did you feel a pressure anywhere in the universe from outside forces to be political in your pursuits? Yeah, and it's well, and it's just in your blood, right? Yeah. You grow up in it. And I've seen politics from a very early age because my dad was one. He was started out really. It was service. He would we would always like when we were asked to to go serve a president, we'd pack up our bags and we would move. I, I moved a gazillion times in my life. I was always the new girl all the time, almost every year of my life. And you have a front row seat uh, in some of the most important things that are happening happening politically. And then he was governor and, and you go through an election and you see, and I, I was always so fascinated with the media side of politics though. I would sit with the journalists when, you know, during the campaign, I would just bug them with so many questions about how they did their job. I just was obsessed. And so I realized I needed to go the media route, but I always had this love for politics because probably I understood it, but I always felt that in politics, if it's done the right way, it does have the ability to, to change people's lives. Absolutely. I think we're losing that in media, honestly, if I'm being We're losing critical. that in media and in politics. I think they're all combined. And so yeah, it's, you're it's, right. it's sad to see now because I do think there have been periods of time where it, it like it's really been incredible to watch the difference that can be made. And then now I, I feel like and, and I, I actually got a front row seat at The View those years that I was there um, where things were moving so quickly under the Trump presidency to extremes. Yeah. And and everything was about a soundbite and everything was, you know, who could say the most bombastic thing in the moment. Yeah. And that's not me. And so, you know, what's funny, Sarah, I actually think I would have been perfect on The View in 1998. Like, I would have been great. <laughs> I, I would have fit in because you know what? At that point, the show was more about the women and their yep. lives and why they were different. And when I got asked to do the job, I did tell, I mean, I said yes, but I said, I'm only saying yes if you let me just be Abby. I'm not coming on to speak for a political party. Yes, I was I was raised in a more conservative family, and I am conservative on a number of things, but I'm also not conservative on everything. Right. Welcome to the world. Not everyone fits in a box. Yep. Wow, yep. it's an incredible concept. And they said, absolutely, you're going to come in as Abby. But very quickly, I realized that there was that expectation, and you have to fit in that box. And not only that, you need to make waves and headlines. And the only way to do that is to have, is to, to be more bombastic, to say yeah. things that were out there and sometimes a bit crazy. And so you do feel that pressure and that's just not who I am. Yeah. And yet I feel like there's, and, and you're there, I feel like there's such an important seat at the table for that person because there's so many people in this country that relate to that. I would say the majority that. do because uh, I consider myself an independent with pretty moderate views. I go mm -hmm. right and left. I don't feel some people mistake that take on, oh, you don't have an opinion or, right. oh, you're a both sidesers. Oh, you must be boring because you don't have an opinion. It's like, no, yeah. actually, we're like the majority of the country. But people and, don't um, want to hear what, that. Actually, they want to be angry. They want to be angry and you're either with us or against us. That's all people are wanting right now. So if you, you don't what, have Sarah? a strong stance, like by strong, I mean in it, one side or the other, then they don't want to hear you. You know what's so interesting, though? I actually find the people that you don't know where they're coming from always the most interesting. I do, too. But that's because I, I believe TV in nuance. <laughs> right. So I would I would tell I would tell producers I would say, you know, let's go over the story, but I don't know how I feel about it yet. I don't know what my opinion is on it yet. But that, but you know what, Sarah, that's not rewarded today. It's not no. rewarded all the time. And so I did get to the point where I thought, you know what, I'm not sure. The view would have been great for me at a certain point. And, and things are always evolving and, and changing. But 
in my own experience, I did feel trapped sometimes because I felt like just to be me wasn't what the executives at the time always wanted. And I was not rewarded for being me. I was not rewarded for not being so out there. Right. And that was, that was difficult because, you, as you know, like I went into news to be authentic, to be myself and to be truthful about all that and to give the viewers um, what I actually felt about things. And so that was that was a really tough thing to to realize pretty early on when I got there. Well, there's a business side of this and you see whether it's reality TV or a panel show or a news you see sensational characters. They always get the most play. Mm-hmm. And I I always wonder if they're being true to themselves or if they're doing it to be the clickable one because mm-hmm. I could not sleep at night to sell my soul to that kind of moment. And that's why, uh, you know, I I won't be I'm not the bombastic one. I'm not going to and I will not veer off of that (laughs) just on pure principle. Like you will not tell me what to say. You will not. Sometimes I think people think that they tell us what to say. And I'm like, you don't know how stubborn I am. You think someone can come in here and tell me what to say. You don't know me. (laughs) Right. Right. And you know what? You don't have to. And good yeah. for you for staying true to that because I just think it's it, – in TV, I've seen a lot of people take the bait. Yep. And they see, wait a minute, I'm going to get more Twitter, Twitter followers. I'm going to get a bigger following. I'm going to trend on job. Twitter and I'm going to be – yeah. And for what, 24 hours? But yeah. then where's your soul? Who yeah, are you? What's the, what, I feel like life is a journey and what do you end up looking back on and say this was worth it? Like, Because I always say I try to operate – in a way that would make my parents proud who raised me and make my kids proud, the ones I'm trying to shape. And every word out of your mouth and every action is a reflection of those two sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And I hold them. They are my North Star in you know, everything. It's funny. I, I think back on it's so much of who we are is from our parents. Yeah. And having been raised in politics, my dad was always such a good example of being a politician, but strangely still being so authentic and and true to himself, which doesn't play as well today. But I remember when he was running for president in 2012. And if you look, think back on 2012, that was before Trump, but it was really building in the more populist, very far right movement. And my dad is is a more moderate conservative on some things. And I remember he tweeted out when Twitter was just started and he said, call me crazy, but I believe in science. And I kid you not, Sarah, that was the nail in the coffin for his campaign. Over. Done. I always liked your so dad. So I'm not shocked by Trump. I'm not shocked at all with what has happened because I lived that campaign and I realized then something is going on in this country that is really going to be uh, a tough thing for all of us to handle at some point. But I long for people like your dad where I would rather vote for someone that I don't agree on every um, issue but believe they're good people because I think we've also lost that. That Not that I'm saying they're... There are that people are inherently bad, but I think they operate often in bad faith. And that bothers mm-hmm. me because I can't do the same. But when you mentioned your dad, he was the ambassador to Russia during mm-hmm. the Trump's presidency, during Trump's presidency, which was during your tenure here. Was that tough for you? Right. I mean, you think about it because I was quite critical of Trump on the show. I just spoke out when I felt I I, I wanted to and, and needed to. Um, and. Yeah, during that time, my dad would, was in Russia dealing with everything that we were dealing with with yeah. Russia. It was a story that The View often talked about with me on the air. And um, my dad's one of my best friends, so I would talk to him on the phone all the time, and so I'd get insights into things. So it was a weird position to be sitting there, and everyone has their opinions, but you're sort of hearing firsthand what's some things I couldn't always share on the show to protect right. my dad. But he made it very clear to me 
which is also why I love him dearly. When I got the job, he said, don't make my job a problem for you. You go oh. be your authentic self and whatever you say, that's coming from Abby. So let's not, don't ever feel the pressure from me. And honestly, that's how I, I treated the show. I was not there to protect, I mean, I would always protect my dad, but I'm not there to say something to protect his job. It was always what I felt was right in the moment. And that's how he raised me to be. So I appreciate him for that. But it was kind of fun to have a little bit more inside knowledge. And that's what the show can be good for, to tune into people that have opinions about things that they might be more in the game. Right. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com view. Just go to Indeed.com view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you and I were both pregnant on the show. In fact, people started to think that seat had something on it. Um, But what was that? Because we sat in the same seat. But what was it like uh, for you to be pregnant while doing this job and being on the show? I think it got me through the pregnancy in a weird way because I was, well, I was really sick in the beginning. It was twins and I didn't realize that. Um, But I struggle a bit with anxiety when it comes to health. Yeah. And so if I were just sitting at home all day long, I think I would just be paranoid. It's twins. This is what's going to happen next. And you're so busy on that show. There's just so much around you, whether it's stuff in the media, whether it's the stories you have to be studying for that day, whether it's stuff going on behind the scenes, whatever it is, you're just busy and yeah. your mind is just all over the place. And I, And before you know it, like the kids are here. Yeah. And you pop them out. You know, the one thing I do wish the show did a better job at, because I really wanted to come on the show to be fully me and to let people, like the original, the way that it was created was to sort of help people understand women different phases of life. And at my right. moment, it's like, I'm pregnant with twins. I wish that they would have come into my life more and, and gone on that journey with me. Because I do think there are a lot of viewers that appreciate a growing family appreciate the challenges of pregnancy of the ups right. and downs and that just it was it, it became so political yeah and of the news of the day that I, I think it lost a bit of that human touch that I always loved about the show and I, I looking back like I, I do wish that they had done some fun things with me being pregnant with twins that we didn't do yeah and I um, think as a viewer I would love that I had a slightly different experience it might be also because with the panel changing there's also different voices mm-hmm. on that because when I was there I remember I was struggling with breastfeeding and I and I'd had I deal with some anxiety issues and breastfeeding for me was very hard mm-hmm. um mainly that sit still part you know like you're and right, it was I, actually good for us but yeah it's probably to, the did best you get thing this, did you get the handless ones for yeah. your last Still wasn't okay. enough hands left, though. I was like, now what <laughs> you can I do? Yoga. Yeah, I yeah. needed to be moving. And like, I, I'm a, f- a fidgety person. And so that being that beautiful moment that everyone tells you it should be and sitting still was very hard for me. But I remember my husband and I had some disagreements. It was our uh, I had two babies here, but it was the first one. And there was a topic that came up. And I, I said to them, you know, it, I first cleared it with my husband because I, I I'll talk about a lot, but not at the um, not at the point where you compromise the other party. You know, like when it's maybe an issue that's right. unresolved. I don't think it's probably healthy to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we were in the middle of it. So I called my husband and I was like, Max, I really think this could help people because I know we're not alone. And every time I've put a story out there, people are like us, too, or me, too. And it feels so good to know you're not alone. He's like, go ahead, just make sure you represent me accurately. Because he says every time I talk about him, I do a weird voice. I didn't notice. But um, so we talked about it and we worked through that. So we did the uh, breastfeeding. And then there was another, there have been a couple times in parenting where we've disagreed or come at things differently. And it, for, for me, it's been a nice platform to work through some of that. Because mm-hmm. I think having, so I had one baby, uh, no, two babies at The View. 
then I went to work with my favorite male co-host, Michael. And I remember I, I got pregnant early on and it, we weren't planning that. That's when you were pregnant, too. But I'm standing next to Michael one day and I was really nauseous because I had really uh, a lot of nausea and all the pregnancies. And I turned to him and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm nauseous. And he turns to me, and goes again. And I thought, oh, it was a stark contrast from working with women among women and how they dealt with me through pregnancy versus Michael, who had four kids, met well and was a dear friend. But I thought, this is when you need more women. (laughs) Well, you know, it was actually it's so true. It was Whoopi that knew before anyone because I sat next to her and she's like, honey, you're all white. She said, I like and I said, I have to tell you something. She goes, I already know. I already know. And she had, you know, those those green frog candies that she has. Yes, her, she used to share those table. with me. She used to, yeah, she would put it under the table and she'd just literally hand it to me so no one saw it. And she always was looking out for me when I was, and so I, I will always adore her for that because she was kind of like my little protector. Yeah. You know, where Joy would <laughs> whisper to me during the commercial break and say, you sure you can't send them back? <laughs> Wait, she'd go to me after when I start. I got pregnant the second time. She goes, you already did this once. Why are you doing it again? Yeah, I was like, Joy, not everyone's an only child. <laughs> But you have to understand, Joy, right? And I think you and I both. I love Joy. We don't. We just don't take it all, no. so personally or seriously. So it's like right. you know, you have to understand people for who they are and what yeah. makes them who they are. And so having we sat in that same seat, so it was always just a funny dynamic. But Whoopi was was always very caring, um, which which was really nice for me to have. I feel like I did have someone there that was kind of looking out for me. She one is a, is a mama. She'll take care of and mm-hmm. scoop up and always protects. I find. Mm-hmm. I think the the important thing. But is she has to know your heart, right? It takes a minute. Oh, she has no. to learn your heart. Yep, and she knows pretty quickly. And then once mm-hmm. you're in, you're in for life. She will always be there for you. Mm-hmm. But one thing I also learned being there is that sometimes when people watch the show, my own parents are conservative, and they've met. Uh, They've met Joy and everyone, but sometimes my my mom, my dad will get really frustrated and he can't watch the show because the politics. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Dad, think about it as a family. Like we are all very different and we are slightly dysfunctional. But the difference with family is you never stop loving. And if you always put love first, wherever that is, you will find a way. It doesn't make us all agree and it doesn't make us the same. That's how I've always viewed the view family, especially Mm -hmm. the people at that table. They're like, but how can you see? I'm like, because. Politics aren't all we have. We have humanity and we have funny stories and moments and we don't we don't hate each other like we actually like each other. And I think that's what I was like. It's like sitting next to a cranky aunt who will turn and say some of her funniest stuff that could never be aired right to you because you're sitting right there. (laughs) Totally. And sometimes they're guests and I'm like, Joy, they can hear you whispering to me. Stop. Stop saying that. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know what? I do think people are, in general, taking everything too personally now. Yeah. And that's the problem. And and we were talking about politics and and news before, but I do think they're really linked, where politicians go on shows to get a bigger brand for themselves. So in order to get booked on these cable shows, you go right or you go left, you got to give them the meat that they want. Yeah. And it makes our politicians more extreme. So we're just in this, and then social media is on top of all of that. So it's like, actually, there's a lot more that we have in common than not. But we're in this place where it's like, oh, no. Well, I'm sorry, but if Joy said that, you can't possibly like anything about Joy. Yeah. Well, it's not. Joy's not hurting me. Yeah. Has nothing to do with me. And that's not how life works. I mean, do you know how miserable and and depressed I would be if that's how I looked at the world? Right. Because, I mean, even our own partners we pick, our husbands, you look at them and we do not agree on everything. And Mm -hmm. the hardest part of parenting is taking two different ideas about how to get it done 
and watching those try to mesh in heated moments where someone's screaming, someone's pooping, someone, you know, like, and you don't use your best words. And sometimes like we're at a higher pitch going mm-hmm. uh, like that is life. And so we have we have those moments where it's like everything's just madness. Yeah. And one of us freaks out and then there's like half an hour of just silence. It's yep. Like everyone yep. has to cool down and they come back and then we both like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's yep. just because you want to you're mad at yourself because you're yep. like, is it my fault? And you're mad at your partner. And it, it's just this this journey. It's such an interesting. And I always tell people in when you become a parent, because my mom gave me this advice, the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life is with your spouse. Because in the moment you think it's always, I gotta love my baby, number one, of course. But if you don't have that focus with your partner and do it together and continue loving each other like you first met, then that's gonna hurt the kids. And then when they're gone one day, what do you have? You right. don't have that foundation of your marriage and your and your best friend that you're supposed to. It, actually, my having our kids is so much more fun for me and, and not easier, but it's more fun just because I have Jeff with me. Right. Together. And so I, I, when my mom said that when I was younger, I thought, well, that's you don't love me more than dad. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> and now that I'm going through it, it, it is so true. Well, it's kind of like the, the parents are the nest. If you don't build that nest, when those birds fly away, what do you have for them to even come back to? Or mm-hmm. what example did you give them about what a best friend looks like or a partner? Right. You know, so you're their first example. Do you have... I know this is a hard question to answer because this show can be so wacky, but do you have like, what are your best memories from wacky. the show? <laughs> wacky is a good word. That's, that's, that's all that's encompassing. A great way to put it. <laughs> you know, my best, and I did have a lot of great experiences. In, in many ways, it was a dream job for me, um, was the friendships that I, yeah. I built. Um, as you know, it's a staff of a ton of people. And there are many that have been there from the beginning of days that that aren't caught up in any of the stuff that you read and, and the tabloids, no. but they're the reason the show is still going and they're the reason the show is as good as it is. So I love the people there. And frankly, Sarah, I'll be like this podcast that I'm doing now. I wish somebody told me that's what I love about media. I love interviewing other people. Right. And so when I got there and realized just how much of a, like a talking political show it was, I didn't want to hear myself talk about my opinion on everything. I, I'm yeah. so much more interested in other people's stories. So we got to interview, as you know, just, the most incredible people of all time that come on that yep. show. And so there are interviews that you do that that change your life. And and I think people watching are so impacted by it. So I loved that part of the show. It was it was uh, actually other things that made it a lot more difficult and 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 was the reason I left. But there was a lot that I, I wouldn't be sitting here today doing this podcast and being and feeling as as I think happy and and collected in life had I not been at that show because no one leaves the view you know not a much stronger person yeah because you know you leave there and you have a much better sense of who you are Mm -hmm. you know what you believe as you were saying sarah like no one can tell you like you can't say that or you don't you don't actually believe that no i can tell you everything i believe i know who i want to spend my time with how i want to spend my time and i know what i want out of life now and i don't know that i was at that place before i joined the show so that journey really brought me here today. And I'm, I will always be thankful for, the, for that. And honestly, it's the good, but it's also the bad things I went through that got me here today, that right. built some character for me, that built up maybe some some strength that I needed to find. Right. I'm such a naive person. I, I always assume the best in everybody. And and I hope that I always continue to do that. But I think being on that show, it just it, it makes you rethink a little bit, just protecting yourself 
and and just being more aware of things that are around you and who you can trust in life. And well, I don't think it's naive necessarily because the definition of naive doesn't fit someone who says, I will choose to give someone the benefit of the doubt over and over again, yes. no matter how many times my hand is slapped away. Right. And I think that that's a, a sign of goodness. I don't think that means you're naive. It doesn't mean you don't know the risk. It doesn't mean you don't see it, but you give someone a chance. And I think... Uh, but when you're on a I, show like that, you can be criticized for being that way, for being too nice, oh. for being too boring, for being too naive, all those things that it, it's almost like, like I felt in a way my confidence just got a little more beaten down as I went. Yeah. Um, and I came into the show at my most confident because I just left the morning show. I felt like I got this job. I'm at my best. I know what I'm doing finally in life. I'm not perfect at it, but I feel like I'm pretty good at it. And and that was that was it was actually after the twins when I came back to the show that I had the most fun because after I had the twins, I said to myself, I don't care. I'm going to totally just have fun with this. I'm going to be myself. And what do I have to lose? Because at that point, I kind of had a sense that I was going to leave at some point. I just knew it in, in my gut. And so I just had fun with it. And those were some of the best days that I had on that show. When you go well, in without a worry in the world of like, yeah. everyone's going to write something. You can't smile the right way on that show. Someone's going to write about it. Someone's going to yeah. leak something about it. When you go in saying, I just don't care anymore. It's a much healthier way to live. And I had a lot more fun. Well, I think some of the brutal parts of anyone that's ever been on that show is, you know, I, I don't I think it's Whoopi that always says at any one time, half the people are going to hate you. And, and I'll mm -hmm. say at least half. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter if the hate comes on social media, if you feel a pressure in your opinion sitting at the table, if it's when you walk away during the day and you're like, did I even say that right? I think. For me, the way I describe that kind of metamorphosis that happens being on The View is you learn how to be you unapologetically. So it's almost taught me for me, it's almost taught mm -hmm. me how to be me because you you know, in life, an 80, 90, 100 year old will tell you, oh, the difference between me that now and then was I just don't care what people think. And I think right. if you can grab some of that wisdom, however you have to birthing twins um, <laughs> or other things, when you find purpose that makes so much sense to you, and you put on your horse blinders, you get to be you. And I think when you can do that or find moments you can do that at your table, you're you're done. You you don't your work here is done. Like right, yeah, uh, no, exactly. But, no, it's so true. You said something interesting because one one thing I always quoted. I remember uh, when I uh, I was leaving. Megan had come to the show, and I was I was there for a season with her. And I had she had just come and I always like like to reach out to new people and, you know, you're new to the show. And I remember telling her, I was like, you are going to be obsessed with the staff at the show because I it was the first time since I'd worked at the Today Show where I grew up ordering cars and things where I had right. felt family. And I got there and I felt it early on and just even guesting, guest, like when I would visit as a guest. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this place as great as I think it is? Then I realized there were so many people that had never left. Even the new ones, no one really, there's not a high turnover. And anyone that knows this business or shows, when people don't leave, that speaks to the environment and why people like it. And people always judge this show only by hosts. But what they don't realize mm -hmm. is it's an iceberg. It's an iceberg mm -hmm. of a foundation of people that I maintained friends even when I left and didn't know I was mm -hmm. going to come back. There's some of my closest friends when I have a big decision with work. I've gone to them when mm -hmm. I left the show and when I've come back. I just think it's it's the unsung heroes. And I don't mean that just in like the crew's great. This is great. They truly are some of the mm -hmm. best producers, staff, bookers, you know, that I'd ever worked with. 
Well, I mean, when I was eight months pregnant with the twins, Summer, who's Summer, who I love. She, yeah. <laughs> oh, she and she was my producer and I was there too. And Carly's, I could list off so many that I, I adore there, but she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she's talked yeah. openly about it. And it was sort of a wake up call to all of us. She said, just when you're in the shower, just just check yourself. And so I, I the next time I took a shower, I, I did that and I felt something. And I'm like freaked out at this point because it didn't even cross. I mean, I'm pregnant with twins. I have enough to, to worry about at this yeah. moment. And I went in the next day and I said, I, I've found, she said, just go, go have your doctor feel it, check it out. So I did. And she said, you need to go, um, go get this looked at. Mm. And, and so I told, I said, Summer, I'm, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm like, I, I can't even imagine, like, if I'm this scared, like, how have you gone? And she came out of it on the other side and is even stronger from it. But she was in a situation where she didn't know how bad it was going to be. And she said, let me take you. I'm going to go with you. And it was all the way across. I mean, it was a whole half a day, you know, all the way across town. And she said, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. They'll just do like a, a like a, what are they called? Like a sonogram and it'll be fine. Yeah. And they looked at it. They said, we need to do a, a biopsy, which is like a pretty intense. And when you're yeah. pregnant, the blood flow is so intense that she said, I'm going to sit outside the door and wait because she couldn't come in. So she sat outside for an hour or whatever while they and blood's just because you poke yourself when you're pregnant it's just like yeah so i'm sitting there eight months pregnant i'm thinking what if i had breast cancer they're putting this thing in me in my breast and i don't think i could have gotten through that without summer there with me and i came out and she said you're going to be okay and if you're not i will be here with you we will get through this and summer i didn't even know before i came to the view and here she was walking me through luckily i got the call you know a few days later that everything was was normal and fine but what if it wasn't, Do you know, yeah. it was somewhere that was there with me and I will always love her and she'll be in my life forever because of that sort of little bond that we share. But, and it, and it, was not, it wasn't those people. It was, it was people on top of the show. It was executives that were there at the time that I felt made the environment for me unbearable that didn't protect me. And so that's, that's why, I mean, I'll come on and be honest about everything. I'm not going to hide from it or try and name anyone or take anyone down. That's not ever my goal. It's just, you know, for me in that moment, it wasn't the right place for me to stay. But I miss everyone there so much. They're just, there's so many wonderful people. Well, I remember I didn't, ha I mean, hearing that experience, one, it doesn't surprise me that Summer would do that. But I remember as I was leaving and kind of having an opportunity to do something I dreamt of, my biggest cheerleaders were back at The View. And I remember all my friends writing me as moments happened. And I knew full well that they were in meetings or, or show was happening or and, and by the way, the show that I was on didn't start out really that good at all. And they would write, and if a segment was good or something, they'd be like, Sarah, now that was great. That was great. Right. Like biggest cheerleaders. And I also remember when I was pregnant, I struggled a lot uh, emotionally. And there were a couple times in the meeting where I was set off by the topic of a story. Like I found myself more um, sensitive Mm -hmm. And I remember one day I hadn't announced yet I was pregnant and I was having a really hard time and you could see I was weeping and I went into my room and I curled up on the couch and I thought I could only hear like that life voice in your head going, put on your big girl pants. You know, this is a big job. I, I you know, yes, you're emotional. Yes, you're pregnant. People have done this for thousands of years. Get off your couch. <laughs> one of my bosses came in and they were like, Sarah, are you OK? And I looked at... uh him at the time. And I was like, I, I don't think I am. And to be honest with you, I, I'm pregnant. And he right away was like, you need to go home, go home, like go home and relax. I can see that right now you're overwhelmed and nothing we're doing here 
is worth that. Go ahead. Just go home. And I had never been in a place where someone kind of like Mm -hmm. cocooned me, you know, because I'd had I've struggled with anxiety and depression. I say that all the time. There were days where I probably could have used a mental health break and I wasn't good enough to myself to take it. And yet here were people that took care of me in a time. I think that's where I feel indebted always as I look back at going through that life changing moment of becoming a, a mom and a parent. And so many of those emotional topics and moments played out while I was there. And you know, I just, that was a that was a moment. That was a moment I think when I realized I was going to leave. I actually quit the next week. Is I I wrote not even people to show, but the you know higher ups at ABC, and I said I, I need I need a mental I need a day tomorrow. I never took a day off ever. I, I was always I always showed up, and I said I, I just something has happened emotionally. I need to take a day for me, and it was absolutely not. There will be rumors. You need to come back. And at that point, I thought, you know what? The the people that were in charge at the time, yeah. they were not helping or protecting me. And my I dad gave me the best advice. He said, you are the only one that can determine your future or else they will do it for you. And I realized the moment right now they have control of all this. And so I, that's when I, I had to say I had to go. But it, looking back, there was a moment where my kids had RSV, all of them, and I was, I was, so, as you know, you're working, your kids are sick. I was, I was, I didn't want to bring that on anyone else, but I was so nervous about it. And again, Whoopi steps in. Yep. She said, you go home. You're taking my car. She walked me out the door, talked to her driver. I said, you get her home immediately and take her wherever she needs to go with the children. I mean, just, oh. she didn't have to do that. No, she did not have to do that. So that's why I, I say the, the, the good outweigh the bad. Yeah. But ultimately I left for me and I'm and, and it was the right thing for my family and for me at the time. And but it's I am who I am today because of all of that, because of that journey. Has the show changed your life? It'll be with you forever. Anyone that's been on The View, it's it's always a part of you. And it's 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 a complicated relationship, right? Because like we've talked about, there are things I love about it. There are things that that I still will never understand about the way I was treated in certain moments. But there's also like this love I have for the people there and for the experiences that it gave me on camera. It allowed me to blossom more as a, as a TV host and a personality. And now hosting this podcast, I feel like I'm better at what I do because I did that show. Yeah. I don't, reg I don't regret anything. I don't live like that. I'm actually thankful for all the hard moments too, because I do think that I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife, better. I better, at, I still fail every single day at everything, but I do feel a lot more confident in myself. I feel more confident in failing because I also fail totally. all the time. And now I'm getting good at failing and like popping right back you up. You embrace it. Yeah. You know, Abby, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Because again, we've always been passing chips. I would like to hang out um, I know. every well, time I've seen you. Please. I hear this every time your name comes up. People are like, Abby's the best. You guys would have been best friends. And I was like, I one, I've met Abby. I know how great she is. I just haven't had the same amount of time. But our friendship is in our future. We are going to make this happen. <laughs> well, you're doing great there. I'm so Thank glad you. your voice is there because, like I said, the world needs it. So don't ever change from exactly what you're doing. And we will get that lunch because I think we I'm going to be there on the 19th. So I'll okay. see you guys there. I November. can't wait, Abby. Please Be kiss fun. all the babies for I me. Love you too. And really, it was so great talking to you. I know. Thank you. It was so Thank fun you. to be back. I know. Back in the comfort of our own homes, too. <laughs> exactly. In sweats.
Behind the Table is produced by Nathan Getty and Summer Shake. Executive produced by Brian Tetta. Booking was overseen by Todd Polks. The executive producer of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi. Special thanks to Josh Cohan, Brenda Salinas Baker, Trevor Hastings, David Toledo, Elizabeth Russo, Lori Hogan, Stacia Deshishku, Molly Kessler, and Ashley Havens. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.